I'm Nicole McCants, a psychologist turned business coach for psychotherapists. It was not long ago when I was in solo private practice, seeing way too many clients feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. In 2016, when I became pregnant with twins, I knew I had to scale to a group practice because I couldn't keep working that much. I was sick of hitting the ceiling in my income and knew that the only way to make more money and help more people was expanding my practice. In three short years, I was able to scale it to 55 therapists and multiple seven figures. Once I was able to reach that goal, I had to take it to my peers. I'm here to teach you how to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. We didn't learn anything about business in graduate school. So I created the Business Savvy Therapist podcast where I share easy to implement, business and marketing strategies so you can help more people, make more money, and have more freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Business Savvy Therapist. Today, we're having a really good conversation. I'm talking to the person, yes, you, that just hasn't taken the leap to grow into a group practice, but you desperately want to, you know that you should, you know that this is your destiny. So today, the episode is on the three things that will stop you from growing into a group practice. Let's talk about the barriers and let's remove them. First of all, do you resonate with this? I want to grow, but I don't know. I just, I don't know if I'm ready. So I put it off and, but it kind of haunts me. So Nicole might haunt me. I probably haunt you all over Instagram with all of my various videos or just the thought of it haunts you. I'm going to give you an example. I almost didn't do this podcast. Very similar to you almost not doing a group practice. I was approached by a production company, the most amazing one that I work with now. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, I've thought about having a podcast, but I just don't have the time. Like I do not have any time. I've got young kids, twins, as you know, life is really busy. So I put it off. And it was funny. I wonder if you relate to this. And then a couple weeks would go by and it would pop in my head again. And I would push it out of my head and a couple of days would go by and it would haunt me. Is a group practice haunting you? And then one day I asked myself, okay, you know what? I think the reason it keeps popping in my head is because I'm supposed to do it. Do you relate to that? You were supposed to, very likely you are supposed to have a group practice, which is why you cannot shake it off. If it's haunting you, it is a message. If it's haunting you, this is supposed to happen. And then one day I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And thank God I did, or you and I would not be having this conversation. There are clients waiting for you to take the leap. The universe is haunting you for a reason. There are clients waiting for this future to arrive that is meant for you. Or are you thinking... Okay. So I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to like try this on my own. I'm going to kind of piecemeal it. So some of you, I I see you, some of you are following me. You're listening to the podcast. You're maybe following all my value on Instagram, the videos and all the things I do every day for you. And some of you are telling me, Nicole, I'm just kind of 
trying it kind of on my own. I mean, I'm not really going anywhere though, because I'm kind of spinning in circles. And one of a couple of my members actually told me before they joined my business coaching program, they said, you know what I would do, Nicole? I would listen to your podcast and then I would listen to your Instagram stories and reels and I would take a bunch of notes. And then I would tell myself like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this soon for sure. And then a year would go by. And and then she also said, and sometimes I would actually reach out to my group practice friends to, and be like, hi, how's it going? How are the kids? And and I and then I would sneak in a business question because I just I was blocked around working with a coach. So I would try to gather all the free stuff and I would reach out to my friends and be like, you know, who are you working with for Google ads? And I would reach out to another one. But it was like awkward because here I am trying to like piecemeal everything and then nothing happened. And then a year went by. And so uh, if that is you, I want you to know that I did the exact same thing for my first year. Okay. It's normal. It's just personality. Some of us are really independent. We just want to do it on our own. And for me, it did not work. And I wonder, and I want, I want you to ask yourself, doing it that way, is it working? It's kind of like climbing Mount Everest on your own. You see a big, huge mountain and you're like, okay, I want to get to the top. I mean, how hard can it be? Isn't climbing Mount Everest just walking? I know how to walk. Why don't I just walk? I can do it on my own. As opposed to, and clearly that's you know not all it is, as opposed to working with a guide that's going to give you the equipment, give you the fastest route, tell you all the weather patterns, and then you get there way faster. I know some of you are just like that. And I also know that it's probably not working. For my first year, Okay. So as you know, 2016 is when I decided I have to hire. I'm pregnant with twins. I have to hire. There's no choice. But I didn't do anything for two years because I was very busy. And I'm going to get into the three things that are going to stop you. And time is one of them. I was very busy. I had to plan my life because it was going from two to four. We had to move houses. I had to figure out how am I going to make the money for a nanny and all the things. Okay. So I totally get that. And then fast forward, 2018, when they were two years old, I finally took the plunge and started a group practice. But I didn't work with a coach yet. I just like you, I tried to piecemeal it. And get this, my first year was a real struggle and we did not grow. You know my results in three years, right? Three years, 55 therapists. Guess what? Year number one was not great. So if your year number one isn't great, I want you to know it doesn't mean you should stop at all. My year number one wasn't great either because I didn't have a guide. So it kind of makes sense. I was walking up Mount Everest and I would run and then I would slip and fall and go all the way back 10 steps. And then I would get, I was so determined though, I would get back up and run until I fell again. And then it was in my second year, first year, not great. Second year, we hit 1 million. Isn't that amazing? And the only difference was that I had a business coach. Okay. So I just wanted to tell you that because if you're feeling like, oh, I'm struggling, this means maybe it's not for me. That's not true. Maybe you're just, maybe you just need a map. Maybe you just need a little help. We all do. Nobody can climb Mount Everest on their own. The first thing that is going to stop you moving and growing into a group practice, we're going to talk about the first one and that is time. I don't have any time. People tell me all the time, Nicole, I'm, I'm too busy. I, I'm actually too busy to hire. I'm back to back with clients and then I rush home and then I've got my family and I was the exact same. That's why it took me two years, right? So you, you and I, I, I'm probably kind of where you were and which is what I love because if I am 
where you are now. And I know where I got three years later, five years later, sold and retired, you know, sold the clinic and then retired. You know that there is a path waiting for you that is possible. Saying that I'm too busy to hire makes sense. And it's true. I get that. It's true. But it's almost like saying I'm too busy to achieve my goal and to actually one day work less. It is almost like saying I'm too dirty to have a shower, isn't it? Oh, no, Nicole, I'm way too dirty. I'm way too dirty to have a shower. (laughs) So I was you. And Jackson and Lucas were born and it was really, really busy. So here's what I did to get more time because I want to help you overcome this time hurdle because the truth is we all only have 24 hours in the day. And it was tricky because I'm like, okay, so how do I do this when there's so much responsibility on me? I was also the breadwinner. So it was me. Like I had to do it, right? The first thing I did was I started waking up earlier. So if I got up one hour earlier, that would give me one extra hour. And I even did it on the weekends. And so now I had seven extra hours. Okay, that's amazing. Now I have the time to hire. The second thing I did is I raised my rates and I saw one less client. I couldn't see a whole less client, a whole lot less clients yet, but I raised my rates and I saw one less client. So now I have one extra hour. So now I have eight extra hours. That is one full day. And it's funny. I don't know about you, but when I only have eight hours, I will use those eight hours because I'm like, okay, this, I need to focus. This needs to be laser focus time. And to be honest, I said to myself, I'm going to have to sacrifice for a little while at the beginning. So I did work the odd weekend for, but I knew that it was for our vision and we were all bought into the vision. When I say we, I mean, my kids were so young, so they didn't know the vision, but my husband and I, he was on board and he's like, I got it. You do that and I'll do this. So I'm asking you now, can you ask for a little bit of help around the house? Can you hire a cleaning lady or can you ask your partner if you're partnered for a little bit of help and just say, listen, I'm going to take six months and build something that will change our lives. So then for me, it wasn't actually time because I knew I would never get 26, 25 hours in a day. It was about my decisions of what I did with my time. I got up early. I raised my rates. I sacrificed on the weekends. I would give myself a three-hour window. I had to get out of the house because it was babies are loud. (laughs) So I, I, I left for three hours. I sat at a Starbucks and I just did work. At the time, I was working with a business coach. I had just dropped 20 grand to do her year-long program. And that also helped me find the time (laughs) because I was like, okay, so I've just committed to this big thing. And for me too, it was over the winter. So I was like, okay, you know what? If I hunkered down over the winter, I didn't feel like I was sacrificing that much because I actually hate the winter. So I'm like, you know what? If I'm going out a little bit less and I'm really building this, this huge vision for that's going to change everything for us, it didn't feel as bad. So timing is also really crucial. If you're going to make a little bit of sacrifice now for a life that will change everything, think about the timing and what works for you. You will always have 24 hours in a day. Your responsibilities will probably be very similar tomorrow as they are today. And it's really more about your decisions. So shifting the conversation with yourself around time, 
that it's actually not that I have, I don't have the time. It's that I'm making certain decisions with the time that I have, and that can shift everything for you. And let me tell you, this is actually one of the reasons because I knew when I started this business coaching adventure that the people, the therapists I would be working with were versions of me a few years ago, and I knew how that felt. And that's why I was so excited to give them everything I had already created, all the templates, the contracts, and the manuals, et cetera, because it it kind of feels sometimes like Christmas in my business coaching program where I get to give my members like, here you go. It's done. It is done. So this is going to cut the amount of time for you. Here is the exact map to climb Mount Everest. Here's the equipment and here's the fastest route. Number two, the second thing that could stop you. If it's not time, guess what the second thing is that's going to stop you from growing into a group practice? Money. Nicole, growing a business is a big deal. I just, I don't know. I I don't have the money. I work really hard and I, I make pretty good money in my solo practice or I'm still growing it, but I just don't have extra and I just can't work extra right now. I don't want to burn out. And so for me, what really shifted was realizing that our industry, and this really shifted for me to build a group practice that could be seven figures if you want it to be, there are very little startup costs, which is called in the business world, a low barrier of entry that you could enter and build a big company if you want. And I I never knew in my wildest dreams that I would actually build a 55 therapist. So it doesn't have to be that big, but there's not a lot of startup costs. So let's talk about that for a second. When I met my husband, Dan, in 2013, he owned a cafe and we're in Toronto He owned a cafe on Roncesville, which is like a trendy area in Toronto. And when he started, he had to invest in a coffee machine, grinders, refrigerators, cash registers, employees, tables. You can imagine all the things. Huge startup costs, tons of capital. He had to get a massive loan to make this happen. That is not our lives. Most industries, it's like that. Absolutely. My friend started a candle company. She had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to put the candles together and then buy the candles and then hopefully sell them. What do we have to do? Well, the beautiful thing is we don't pay our therapists unless we're paid. That is a dream. And the beautiful thing is really especially if you're virtual, but what do you really need in terms of equipment? Two chairs and a Kleenex box, right? And then if you want to get bricks and mortar, fine, but maybe not even like starting with one room. So we're so lucky. And that was a big shift for me that I was like, you know what? I can start really small. I'm going to get one room. And by the way, I started with one room and it was my room. And then I had an intern share the room with me. And that just felt less risky because I'm like, well, I'm already paying this in rent. And I wanted to hire an intern because they were so green in their career. And I was really brand new boss that it was like no pressure to be like, I'm going to take on one person and share the room that I'm already paying rent for. What a beautiful thing that you can dip your toe into a group practice with almost no cost and risk. Have you been to a masterclass yet? Let's hang out. I would love to teach you exactly how I grew a seven-figure group practice that ran without me so you can finally have the freedom and flexibility that you deserve. If you show up live, I will give you a life-changing guide called Three Ways to Increase Your Income This Month. The link to register is in the show notes. See you there.
And then when it came to the business coach, though, that was money, right? And I was like, okay, so I know I need this because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm literally making mistakes. I'm wasting so much money. And I was really, really frustrated by the time I actually took the plunge. But what made a difference for me is I told myself, okay, if I do invest this, it is a business expense and it's going to reduce my taxable income. So that shift, I was like, okay, well, it's a no-brainer. I love learning. This is going to be the most greatest adventure of my life. And I pay less taxes. Yes, please. Now you may be listening and thinking, okay, no, Nicole, I actually have no money. Like that's lovely that it's a business expense, but I don't have the money to benefit from the business expense. And I hear you. We're living in a world at this time of the recording that gas prices, food prices, mortgage prices are super high. So let's talk a little bit about this. So for me, I had to make more money. And so some of you were like, yes, I actually just need more money because I can't spend what I don't have, of course. So one option is, and I did this back then, seeing a few more clients. So I had to come up with 20 grand back in the day. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to see back to sacrifice, right? I'm going to see a few more clients. I'm going to save that money. And the other thing, I actually got like a side hustle doing lunch and learns for corporations and I saved that money. And then I moved into the business coaching, which there's no way I would have done that if I didn't be creative around other ways that I could find the money. There is money there for you. It's just about thinking creatively, right? And you're a therapist. We teach our clients all the time creative ways of solving their problem. How can you solve this problem to get to where you want to go, to get to a place that you're meant to be? I truly believe it's actually not about the money. It's more about self-belief. Because let me ask you this question. If you knew 100% that if you made an investment that you would that investment would allow you to work less and make more money would you do it like if you knew for certain if i make this investment because there are some of you who have the money sitting in your bank account right now that would change your life if you made an investment in your group practice and you're not and i believe this is leading to the third thing that's going to stop you so we talked about time we talked about money now we're going to talk about the big one self belief there are three things that will stop you from growing into a group practice, time, money, and self-belief. The money piece and the time piece most of the time actually has to do with number three, self-belief. You might be thinking, can I actually be successful? Like me, can I actually be successful? I understand that you can be successful, but me, I mean, that just kind of happens to other people. And I urge you to jump into a previous episode, episode 31, how I became confident because I also had those doubts coming and it had a lot to do with the way I was raised and my past. And there's a way to overcome it. If I can do it, I promise you, you can shift your self-belief. And of course, I mean, we're professional self-belief shifters, aren't we? That's what we do all day long with our clients. So it's amazing that we can lean on the tools that we use every day. When I started as a business coach, that was a big, hard move for me. I was a therapist. That became easy. I did that for 15 years. Then I was an owner, sold my clinic. And then I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Okay, you know what? I actually want to bring this to all of my peers. There's no regulated health professionals, therapists who have actually built a clinic, actually done it, helping others who can literally just give them the exact map. Like here, here's all the things you need. 
And I remember, so how the first thing I decided is I'm like, okay, I'll do a masterclass so people can get to know me. I'll do a free masterclass. I'll give them tons of value. And I got a business coach to teach me, of course, I will never live without a business coach. So to teach me how to do that, I got a business coach to become a business coach for therapists. And I still remember a really good friend said to me, because I was launching my very first masterclass the end of February, and she said, what if it flops? Like, you're just going to do a masterclass. Like, Nicole, what if, what if it flops? What if no one chose? And it was so interesting, back to the confidence piece, when she said that it actually had not occurred to me that it would flop. It had not occurred to me because, this is key, my business coach had given me a formula to do this well. I knew how to do it. There's a formula. I believe there is a formula for all success. There is a formula how to get to the top of Mount Everest. Ask somebody who's got there and they'll tell you, I did this, I did this. Kind of like losing weight. How do you lose weight? Well, I reduced my intake in calories. I moved my body more. There's a formula for everything. Ask Gordon Ramsay how he makes his perfect steak. Well, first I get the meat from here. I, I buy this kind of knife. I cut it this way. I use these spices. Here's the stove I use. Here's the the temperature that I use. There is a formula for every type of success. And so having that formula, thank gosh, gave me the confidence. You see that? So when my friend said that, and she was coming from a really great place, it was more her stuff, I think, than mine. It still didn't occur to me. Like I was like, okay, well, I just have something that I'm leaning on that I know works. And that gave me the self-belief. When you have a formula, it has nothing to do with worth. Do you see that? When you have a formula, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how old you are, what you look like, your ethnicity, your gender, how much money you make, where you came from. A formula, a map works. One plus one is always two. The other piece that really shifted my self-belief was if I do fail, who cares? I'll just try something else because I know the formula works. So let's say I'm trying the formula And I'll just go with a recipe, Gordon Ramsay's recipe. I do not cook, but let's just pretend. And let's say I put in too much salt. Like I'm I'm doing the formula, but I, I accidentally put in too much salt and it's a bit salty. Who cares? I'll just try it again. And next time I'll know not to put that much salt in. I think a lot of us, it's funny, when it comes to failing, it's not about us. It's more about what other people will think about our failure. Because if you knew that you would fail, but nobody would know, then maybe it it wouldn't be scary because it's like, oh, oops, I failed. Eh, nobody saw. It's fine. It's like falling, right? (laughs) You're walking down the street and you fall, but no one sees. You're like, ah, that's fine. But if you walk down the the street and, and you fall and everyone's looking at you, you're like a little bit embarrassed. But here's the shift for me. People are really focused on themselves. The truth is. So if you're walking down the street and you fall and someone sees you, for maybe one second, they might be like, ha, that person fell. And one second later, they're back to their own inner dialogue, their own problems, their own worrying that you're judging them. The truth is, we're all terrified of each other. We're all afraid that we're judging each other. Do you see that? And when you really get that, you actually don't care what other people think because Two seconds later, they're back in their own world of worry and they're t- as terrified as you. So think of yourself at Thanksgiving dinner. The worst thing has happened. Your aunt, who is judgmental, turns to you and says, Oh, how's your group practice going? And you're like, uh, It's a bit slower than I thought. You know, it's a bit slower. That aunt, who you're afraid, 
is judging you. I promise has her own stuff. Two minutes later, she's back in her head and she's as worried, especially the judgmental people, that you're judging her always. And once I got that, this is called freedom. This is why I walk around confident. This is why I can have a friend say something like, what if it flops? And me say, sorry, what you're saying is not computing in my brain. That's not possible. One plus one is always two. For those of you still kind of like, okay, okay, that makes sense to me, Nicole, but oh my gosh, 55 therapists, that's terrifying. I want you to know it is terrifying. If I would have known that I would have such a big group practice, I would not have done it. That sounds exhausting, but it was one foot in front of the other. That's how you run a marathon. That's how you climb Mount Everest. Mount Everest is exhausting. I can't, I can imagine. And before you know it, it's just flowing. And before you know it, you look down and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so high. I'm halfway. What? I'm halfway up Mount Everest. How did that even happen? One foot in front of the other, focus on the small. I didn't focus on 55. I focused on, I have one room. I have one room and and I have babies at home, so I use it less than half the time. Why don't I hire one person? Start with the small steps and then you won't scare yourself. What if all the pressure you are putting on yourself is actually just coming from you? Like that pressure. So for example, okay, I have to build this huge thing and I'm, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a boss and that's a big deal. But what if that is just coming from you? What if you could take the small steps and what if it could be easy? What if there is so much ease waiting for you in your future that you just need to let it in? You know those moments when you're looking at this beautiful human being in your therapy session and they're just stuck and you just see it so clearly what's on the other end for them? That's me looking at you right now. If any of this is resonating, one of them, three of them, the time, the money, the self-belief, book a practice growth audit. It's a free 45-minute call where you share everything that's happening right now in your practice world and you get personalized feedback and then they'll let you know if you would be a good fit for my program. I really hope you took something good today and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business Savvy Therapist podcast. I hope this episode was helpful. I would be so grateful if you would share this with a peer or colleague that is wanting to help more people make more money and have more freedom. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss any new episodes and please do leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next one.